means we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the August 1st edition of the sunny side of sports. It's good to be back behind my trusty Voice of America microphone after a two-week summer vacation. And thanks to Muck Bill Yabaro for hosting the show during my absence. I guess you could say I kept things sporty during my vacation. I did some swimming and I did some hiking. I also visited with old friends in Maine, where I went to high school a few years ago. The sunny side of sports remembers Hall of Fame basketball player Bill Russell. The Boston Celtics legend died Sunday at age 88. He's regarded as one of the greatest players in NBA history, as we hear now from the AP's Mike Gracia. Bill Russell, the greatest winner in NBA history who anchored the Boston Celtics dynasty to 11 championships in 13 years, died Sunday. He was 88. Russell's family posted the news on social media without disclosing the cause of death. After leading the University of San Francisco to NCAA championships in 1955 and 1956 and the U.S. to the Olympic gold medal at the 1956 Melbourne Olympics, Russell joined the Celtics. I had never seen the Celtics play when I got here. And uh, I played against Heinsohn in college. But I'd, I'd met Red on a couple of occasions. And... Uh, we had an, an immediate affinity. The Celtics were guided by coach and general manager Red Arbach. Russell would win. He would make the great play. He didn't care whether he led the league in scoring or rebounding or this or that. All he wanted to do was be instrumental in winning. Russell was a five-time most valuable player and a 12-time All-Star. Russell was also a leading voice for civil rights. He was at the March on Washington in 1963 and at the 50th commemoration of the march. We can never accept the status quo until the word progress is taken out of our vocabulary. In 2011, President Barack Obama awarded Russell the Medal of Freedom. I'm Mike Gracia. Thanks, Mike. Bill Russell also coached in the NBA. In fact, the last two of his record 11 NBA championships with the Celtics came as player coach of the team. Bill Russell also coached the Seattle Supersonics and the Sacramento Kings. In 1999, he said great players can make good coaches in the NBA. I guess, you know, you really have to concentrate on on, 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 on the team pitching, not just what you're doing. And see, the way Larry played, for example, on any given uh, offensive set, he'd be where the point guard is or where the shooting guard is or where the small boy or the big artist. So he knows the problems with all those positions. And you can't help unless you know what the problems are. Bill Russell also had a memorable rivalry with another Hall of Fame player, the late, great Wilt Chamberlain. At a memorial service for Chamberlain in 1999, Russell said he and Chamberlain had a special bond. As we got older, the more we liked each other because we knew, basically, we were joined at the hips. We were both important to each other because we both knew what we were doing. And we think that the only person that understood what we were doing was the other guy. And I knew how good he was, and he knew that I knew how good he was. <laughs> 
tributes poured in for Bill Russell after his death. NBA great Michael Jordan said in a statement, Bill Russell was a pioneer as a player, as a champion, as the NBA's first black head coach, and as an activist. He paved the way and set an example for every black player who came into the league after him, including me. The world has lost a legend, and MJ adds, my condolences to his family, and may he rest in peace. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver had this to say in a statement. Bill Russell was the greatest champion in all of team sports. The countless accolades that he earned for his storied career with the Boston Celtics, including a record 11 championships and five MVP awards, only begin to tell the story of Bill's immense impact on our league and broader society. And the NBA commissioner continues, Bill stood for something much bigger than sports, the values of equality, respect, and inclusion that he stamped into the DNA of our league. At the height of his athletic career, Bill Russell advocated vigorously for civil rights and social justice, a legacy he passed down to a generation of NBA players who followed in his footsteps. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver commenting on Boston Celtics legend Bill Russell, who died Sunday at the age of 88. The sunny side of sports salutes the late, great Bill Russell, and we also salute England's national women's football team, which won the European title Sunday at Wembley Stadium in London. Joining us now with that story and more football news is Prince Nesta. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sunny, and welcome back. England Leonesses beat Germany two goals to one in extra time to win the 2022 European Championship, the country's first major trophy at senior level since 1966. Manchester City forward Chloe Kelly scored the winning goal on a rebound in the second half of extra time to seal victory for the three Lionesses in a match that was played at Wembley Stadium. The game had finished one all at regular time, with Germany and Bayern Munich midfielder Lina Magul cancelling out Ella Tunes goal for England. Germany, however, played without captain Alexandra Pope, the team's leading scorer with six goals, after she reported a muscle problem in the warm-up. Free Lionesses coach Serena Wigman. Well, I think what we've done is just really incredible. I don't think I really realised what we've done because I didn't follow everything. We spoke about it yesterday. Yes, I know that things going on and... Oh, England is behind us. That's what we noticed also when we came into the stadium and then the 90,000 people. But over the whole tournament, we've had so much support from our fans. And that's really incredible. And I think we did an incredible job. I'm so proud of the team. Um, players, team, but staff and support from the FA is just... I think I need a couple of days to realize what we've done. That's England manager 
player Serena Wigman after her side's win over Germany in the Euro 2022 final at Wembley. Egyptian talisman Mo Salah, Trent Alexandra Arnold and new summer signing Darwin Nunes all recorded their names on the score sheet to help Liverpool cruise to a 3-1 win against Manchester City in the Community Shield played at the King Power Stadium. City's new summer signing Erling Haaland squandered a couple of chances to pull a goal back in the final seconds, including hitting the bar from six yards. Liverpool's record signing Darwin Nunes, however, found the back of the net to become the only fourth player to score his debut for Reds under Jurgen Klopp. After Senegalese speedster Sadio Mane, Egyptian playmaker Mo Salah and Dutch defender Vigil van Dijk, Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp shared his thoughts on his team's victory. I thought two teams with a really good game, two teams with being far away from at their best, but what, we, what both teams made of what we had available today is absolutely incredible. Eh? So um, I like the game a lot, but it's some, most of the time City games are really cool to watch um, against us and um, we don't win them always, but they're probably always entertaining about today. Um, I was happy with the starting lineup. I was very, very, very. I mean, I was starting the game. I was really happy. Um, then, and then I have to say, all subs made a real difference. All came on. If it was only for three, four minutes with Fabio and the other Curtis, whatever, they were really in the game, and I love that. That was my most important thing I learned today. The boys are ready, and um, good. City manager Pep Guardiola also shared his thoughts on the match. Congratulations Liverpool, first of all, the first 15-20 minutes they were better, they, they get in another pace and after we, we got our, our game, it was quite uh, similar the last 20-25 minutes, uh, we arrived when, we, when they leave you space to, to try to attack and um, and the second half we start yeah, really well, it was one tight after the goal, our game was, was there, uh, we were yeah, really good against this team confident and even that the first half we create yeah enough chances to to do it and and after one action was clear we could run and after yeah, you lose the ball they make a transitions and the penalty and after it was more difficult and and that's all Manchester City defender Nathan Aki also spoke after City's loss yeah, it's a tough one to take. I think um, the first 20 minutes or so, they were better. I think uh, more sharp and everything on the ball, off the ball. Uh, we were a little bit too soft, but I think after that we came back well. I think uh, we were okay on the ball and we created some chances. I think second half, um, the same really. I think we came out well, we created chances. And um, yeah, I think after we scored the 1-1, we had them, every, uh, mm-hmm. to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think after the 2-1, two, uh, two uh, it became difficult. There's Manchester City defender Nathan Ake sharing his thoughts after the citizens' loss to Liverpool in the FA Community Shield. English striker of Nigerian descent Bukayo Saka scored twice to help Arsenal thrash Sevilla 6-0 in the Emirates Cup final. Brazilian striker Gabriel Jesus also continued his preseason form as he scored a hat-trick to make it seven goals in his five preseason outings for the Guineas. English striker of Ghanaian descent Aidan Ketia later rounded off the onslaught a minute before the end of the match after being teed up by the newly announced captain Martin Odgaard. Arsenal coach Mikael Ateta reacted to his team's performance. No, we prepared to play the, again against um, a team that has been very, very successful in the last few years, that has a huge European experience and we won a different test. Um, they have 
a different way of playing, different character, the games that you have to play within the game uh, is something different and good preparation for us. And um, and yeah, things well in many moments during the game really well for us. Obviously, it's a it's a big score, but there are still a lot of things that uh, we need to improve. Connection between uh, all the players, all the units, um, the intensity, the willingness to to win the ball as high as possible on the pitch. Uh, the moment we give it away, how the team reacts, how compact we are. Uh, how willing we are when that, that press is beaten to get back and, and be compact again. It's just a, a team effort and uh, individual and collectively they are really living the game uh, in every single ball and this is what we demand them to do. This Arsenal manager Mikel Ateta sharing his thoughts after Arsenal thrashed Sevilla in their final pre-season friendly of the summer at the Emirates Stadium. French style of Algerian descent Karim Benzema scored his second goal of pre-season to help Real Madrid secure a 2-0 win against Italian giants Juventus at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. The 34-year-old scored from the penalty spot to put Madrid ahead in the 19th minute before Spanish winger Marco Asensio added a second to seal victory for the Los Blancos. In other friendly matches, Senegalese speedster Sadio Mane scored on his Bayern Munich debut to help the Bundesliga champions beat Leipzig five goals to three to capture the German Super Cup for a tenth time in the game played at Leipzig's Red Bull Arena. The Senegalese star ended a six-year stint at Liverpool to move to Munich in the summer demonstrated why he's the perfect Robert Lewandowski replacement after registering his name on the score sheet alongside German midfielder of Nigerian descent Jamal Musiala, Benjamin Pavard, German footballer of Ivorian descent Said Nabri, and his fellow countryman of Senegalese descent Leroy Sane. Brazilian striker Neymar scored twice with seven-time Ballon d'Or winner Lionel Messi and Sergio Ramos finding the back of the net to help PSG seal a 4-0 victory of announce in the French Super Cup play at the Bloomfield Stadium in Tel Aviv, Israel. The win marked the ninth time in 10 years that the Parisians had won the traditional season opening clash between the French League champions and the French Cup winners, which has been regularly played outside of the country over the last decade. Meanwhile, five-time Ballon d'Or winner Cristiano Ronaldo left the stadium before the end of Manchester United's one all draw against Spanish side Rayo Vallecano after being substituted at halftime. The 37-year-old made his comeback against Ray after missing United's two of Thailand and Australia to deal with a family issue. The Portuguese legend is keen to leave the Red Devils this summer in a bid to find regular Champions League football. It has been linked with moves to Bayern Munich, Chelsea and Atletico Madrid. Reporting for the sunny side of sports and Prince Nesta. Hello listeners, my name is Majid Anantanda. I'm a former Crested Crane captain former national team Christed Green coach and now a calf coaches instructor. Listen to Sonny's side of sports on Voice of America. How did former Crested Cranes captain and coach Majda Nantanda get her start playing football? That's the question Magume Davis Raka Winge posed to her. It wasn't easy as it is now because before when I was still playing doing those days 
as women or girls, we are not allowed to play the game. And But I got a chance of playing with my brothers who always involved me in the game, with those community boys, because I was good at it. So for me, I grew up playing football just because the boys wanted me to play on their teams. And being that I was talented, so, so I'm, I'm among the few girls who grew up playing football just because of my talent. Yeah. <laughs> and first of all, you eventually played for the national team, the Uganda Crested Cranes. Uh, consequently representing Uganda at uh, the famous 2000 uh, finals in South Africa. Mm, How was it? Uh, It was a very good experience and as a leader because by then I was the captain of the team uh, though I wasn't the captain for the field because I decided to give it to my senior player Oliver Mbekika but I was the captain, the full captain of the team. It was a very good experience because as women who just played football without knowing what is happening, all of a sudden qualifying for that top continental uh, championship, like we got excited and it's like ah, this is our chance and then we started feeling why and then actually making us consoling ourselves or oh, maybe this is why we played football because by then we we're never paid we're just doing for for our own with passion right now who i am today is that experience i got in 2000 because i got to interact with the nigerians whom i used to admire as role models the south africans they're now my friends and when i meet them you know so it gave me that chance of seeing things beyond not only to be a player but just to think what will i do when i retire from the game actually talking about that brings me to you uh, from being a captain, from playing for the national team, eventually coach the national team. Uh, how did you achieve that? Uh, I, how I came into, like in 2007, uh, FIFA wanted to, like there was a youth coaching course, so it was FIFA sponsored. So FIFA told them, had a condition, if you want this course to happen, because FIFA had brought over 50 coaches, male youth coaches. So he said at least you need to involve women. So by then I was still playing, so the federation told one of the coach, the people, who, the person who was to be with us, go and get for us five good players from the national team. Being that I was the captain, mm-hmm. uh, he just came and said, hey Majida, it's being automatic. the automatic, get your other four players, you should pick those who are better. Tomorrow, you have, like on Monday, you have to go to FUFA and attend a coaching course. Don't mind, because I never thought about being a coach, I never wanted, because no one told me in the first place you can be a coach. Mm-hmm. So it was all about play football, be the right midfielder, keep that position. So during the last closing ceremony, uh, the FIFA instructor, Fig from German, he said, I'd like to recognize one of the coaches, good, like one of the best participants. So I went in front and started saying anything like, this young woman, if helped, and the federation people were there, the technical director and the federation president, if helped, she can be a better player, a better coach in future. Mm. So help her, and then she gave me a FIFA badge. After there, then there was, calf was... I think had an invitation telling all federations to select two women. They must have played for the national team and they must have attended a coaching course. The same year, I'd attended the coaching course. So that's when I went to South Africa for CAF. And when I went to reach the CAF, they're like, okay, we want to mentor you to become better coaches and instructors in future. So that happened when I came back. I said I've retired and that's how I took up coaching. So actually retired from uh, active football uh, when you're still young. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Mm. But because of that experience, first with the FIFA instructor and then going to CAF, CAF uh, course in 2007 and seeing the role model like Fran Hinton-Smith, seeing all the people and they're talking about coaching and how they want to develop women coaches in, in Africa and also to become instructors. When I came back, it's when I said I need to retire, although I can still play. The growing the Game for Girls Foundation, uh, which is your organization. Tell us more about it. How do you come with this organization and how has it helped you achieve your dream of promoting women uh, football? 
Uh, in 2010, a group of Americans came to Uganda, actually they were at Old Kampala Secondary School, and they wanted to train over 200 uh, coaches. So I happened to be among the 200 coaches. More of them were, they were men. We are only 40 women. So one of the ladies was Lisa Berg from the U.S. She was the, the assistant. Like, I came to Uganda, I was looking for people like you. Do you exist? I said, yes. So that's when I got a chance to go for my exchange program in the U.S. So I told them my story. And then when they told me, what do you want? I said, like, whatever I've told you, you came to Uganda looking for us, but we are somewhere hidden. No one even told you that the women are playing football. People used to take her to the men's team. So I want to be the change that I want to see. So with that, Lisa said, I can help you do that. So we came up with that, me and Lisa. The growing the game for girls. Exactly. To use my experience as a former player, as former woman playing soccer, to see that there's a change in all women and girls in Uganda from now until that using my experience. And then, because I know, like, if... I used to play, some of my colleagues used to drop out of school. It's like, how can I use football? How can these girls use football to come and attain education? Talk about issues like rape, early pregnancy, drug use and abuse. All the experience that I had, all the experience that I saw when I was playing, is what I want to use that. So, till now, it has done a lot of things. It's a very good project. And I'm also supported by Global Sports Mentorship Program. It's the U.S. Department of State uh, program because uh, that's where I was mentored and all whatever I do through mentorship is because of them so it's my project I have passion I do it for free I go to communities I gather women I gather men I gather girls because I'm a former footballer I attract them with my tricks and then I tell talk to parents when you see that girl playing allow her to play maybe she can be a doctor in future that's Majda Nantanda the former captain and coach of Uganda's national women's football team and she spoke with Magume Davis Rakawinge in Kampala Uganda on the next Straight Talk Africa We'll look at the information wars and the ways political narratives can shape our perception of reality. And a new Voice of America documentary will introduce you to several African millionaires in the diaspora. Join me, Heidi Adams, on the next Straight Talk Africa. This Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports. On the Voice of America. You can follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. It's day five at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, England. Australia and host England top the medals table. As of 1,200 UTC GMT Monday, Team Australia had tallied 54 medals, 22 gold, 14 silver, and 18 bronze. England had 35 medals, 12 gold, 16 silver, and 7 bronze. South Africa is the top-performing African team right now at the Commonwealth Games. The South Africans have 4 gold, one silver, one bronze, and a total of six medals. Three of South Africa's gold medals came in swimming. Tatjana Skunmacher in the women's 200 meters breaststroke event. Lara von Niekirk in the women's 50 meters breaststroke. And Peter Kutza in the men's 100 meters backstroke. 
in the men's rugby sevens final on Sunday. South Africa won the gold with a 31-7 victory over two-time Olympic champion Fiji. Team Nigeria has won three medals so far at the Commonwealth Games, and all of the medals have come in weightlifting. And let's give a sunny side of sports salute to the two Nigerian gold medal winners, both women. Adijat Olarinoye won gold in the 55-kilogram category, and Rafiatu Lawal won gold at 59 kilograms. Francis Tiafo, you're listening to Sunny Side of Sports on Voice of America. Francis Tiafo is one of the players competing at this week's City Open Tennis Tournament here in Washington. The hard court tournament is being held at the William H. G. Fitzgerald Tennis Center located in Rock Creek Park in Washington. Now, Francis Tiafo is one of the local favorites in the competition. Francis grew up here in the Washington area, the son of parents from Sierra Leone. And while the 24-year-old Tiafo has captured only one title since turning professional in 2015, he has been successful winning more than $6 million in prize money. Meanwhile, more than $500,000 was recently raised for Ukraine at an exhibition tennis event in Krakow, Poland. Miroslava Gangadza reports from Krakow. Spectators and television viewers watched big-name Polish and Ukrainian players battle it out at Krakow's Tauron Arena in the exhibition match to benefit Ukraine. Polish tennis star Iga Sviatek ranked number one in the world organized the event to raise money for young Ukrainians affected by the war. Ukraine's top tennis player Alina Svitolina, who is pregnant, judged the match. I feel like that's very few people and very few countries really understand the, the horrible thing, what is happening, the horrible war that is happening in Ukraine and for us... Um, it's very important, these kind of events where we can speak to the people, that we can join and unite all together for the help of the people who are in need. And hopefully one day we can celebrate the, the win of Ukraine. Serhii Stachowski is a former professional tennis player from Ukraine who retired this year to join the army after the Russian invasion. He expressed concern that the world's attention on the war is fading. We're trying to raise awareness. We're trying to build up something that uh, will continue to talk about Ukrainian war because the war is still on. It's a full scale and and the intensity is quite high. Uh, We need any support we can get. Former professional soccer player and the head coach of the Ukrainian national team, Andriy Shevchenko, appeared as a special guest. He's an ambassador for United 24, Ukraine's official global initiative to help restore and develop the country. My duty, I, I want to help my country. We just have to keep it awareness about what's going on and exactly truth and uh, speak loud, uh, talk the truth to the people. 
Shevchenko said even though the world has responded to the war in Ukraine, more help is needed. Yaroslava Hres is a coordinator for United 24. It's not so easy to ask people again and again to donate. So this is a new way of fundraising. Tennis lovers indeed packed the arena and the event raised more than half a million dollars for Ukraine. Moroslava Gongadze, BOA News, Krakow, Poland. Go beyond the daily headlines with VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday, join us as we put the latest developments into a global context with stories, interviews, and analysis. Listen online at voanews.com slash flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player. In professional golf, American Tony Finau has won his second consecutive title on the PGA Tour. The 32-year-old Finau lifted the trophy Sunday at the Rocket Mortgage Classic Tournament held at the Detroit Golf Club in Michigan. The AP's Graham Agars reports. Tony Finau has produced a record-breaking win at the Rocket Mortgage Classic to become the first player to win back-to-back tournaments this season. A week can change your life. So I guess when you look at mine, two weeks has now, uh, back-to-back weeks has now changed my life, and um, it's a great great feeling. Finau's final round 67 gave him a tournament record total of 26 under, good enough for a commanding five-shot victory. Cameron Young posted his fifth runner-up finish for the season, sharing second place with Patrick Cantlay and the Canadian Taylor Penrith. I'm Graham Agars. And that wraps up the August 1st edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.